Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 307 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, we have come to the, I guess, season finale of the um, 2023 NBA draft analysis videos. Because today we're not really we're not going to go over a new uh, candidate. We're instead just going to review all the ones. Well, not all the ones we've gone over, but we pick out our favorite prospects and try to make the case of why the Kings should and would draft this player with a 24th pick. And uh, yeah, that's basically going to be the uh, structure of this exercise, I guess. And uh, after that, of course, we'll be talking about the big D, the big deal if you will uh so anyways with me to do it is fong hello so was it hard to actually kind of go through these guys and pick out your favorites yeah yeah not gonna lie this if i had a lot more time i probably would say the list would be more finalized but this is just a generalized list i'd say just because one i'm pretty sure some of the guys i picked up might get picked early and some of the guys might even get picked even later than uh our pick so it's a yeah it's a tough list i didn't necessarily choose whether or not you know the king should draft it's like it's more theoretical if you know if the player was available at 24 i would try picking up that guy kind of deal yeah, like I remember I hear it so many it's not a, it's not like a lot but I've heard enough people say like 14 through 40 is going to be a crapshoot a lot. Like you know, we'll, we'll go over him but like a guy like Max Lewis could actually theoretically go 16 for all we know. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that opens the door for a bunch of other stuff or he could just go all the way like in, at 35 or like 40. Like Sam Sam Vecini, I think has him ranked in the 30s. And, you know, I really like Max, Max Lewis, and I feel like, you know, the Kings could use him. But, you know, there's a lot of weird possibilities w- with this with this draft, especially in the range that the Kings are picking. So, you know, you can make the case that they're going to be drafted early, or you can make the case there you can actually even pick them in the second round. It wouldn't be crazy to think about. So... Yeah, it's going to be an interesting night. Uh, we'll also see, like, if there are trade packages available, possibly. Like, there is all the chance in the world this is all for naught because the Kings very much could trade the 24th pick for all we know. So, anyways. So, uh, let, let's get it started then. Who will, So, we're going to rank um, basically one through five. And at the end, we're also going to go through some honorable mentions. So, Let's start this from number five. Who's your number five pick? All right. In no particular order, I chose Bilal Kulabale. Now, for me, I like Bilal. He has a lot of good tools. He's a very raw player, for sure, um, coming out from uh, France. So he's more of a project, for sure, and he's not going to be much impact i feel coming straight into the nba so it's gonna take a lot of time for him to develop uh into a very solidified player so i chose him at five because you know you taught me into taking risks and he's the type of guy that i could see uh the kings take a risk on but at the same time it's not gonna be in effect for another couple years or more 
Yeah, he's going to be like, yeah, as as you said, just really raw. But the physical tools are so intriguing that he like you have to take take a risk on his ceiling. His floor might be scary low. Like the big thing with him is that there just isn't a big enough sample size against, you know, comparable uh, competition. And you just don't know if he's going to be able to stick in the league. The physical tools say that he can, but there isn't enough of a sample size to say that he can. And, you know, like we like there's not enough uh, evidence of like how good his feel is, how like real or like lack of his lack of shooting ability is going to hinder him in in the NBA. Like it, he's a he's a hilariously big unknown, but it's he has the tools that you have to just take a chance on, mm-hmm. and just kind of jumping ahead a little bit for me, I had him ranked number three for me. Mm, okay, so a little different, not far off from the bottom, I'd say, I guess. So okay, well, well, you just went through number five. Who's your number? F- well, you know what? I'll go through my number five. At number at my number five, I have Chris Murray. And you just talked about a guy you just have to gamble on. Now, of course, I'm not saying that. Look, when you if you can pick Chris Murray at 24, I just think that's not gambling at all. You have a guy that has the tools, has the feel, has the sample size. And, you know, he's going to be a guy that just is going to be coveted by the league. 6'8", forward with 6'8", 6'9", forward with, you know, good feel, can shoot, can drive to the basket a little bit. And just and also play defense and his smart. That's just everything you want in an NBA player. The issue really just is he doesn't project to be great, like much like his brother in a way. Although, uh, you know, since we actually watched Keegan the entire year, like I feel his ceiling is a lot higher than we originally expected, or at least that I originally expected. And Chris very much could be the same thing. But I just feel there are just better gambles in that you know that i want the kings to take it has nothing to really do as chris murray or any shortcomings he has he's a terrific player you know he has a very very high floor but the ceiling is probably more than likely is going to be as great as some of my some of the picks i'm going to go over Hmm. yeah for me i mean i had chris murray in my top five as well but he's at my number three actually for me it's more of the safe pit excuse me uh, we know what he does. We know what he could do. We know what we he can't do. And, you know, he could eventually develop those things while he plays for us. I mean, theoretically, of course. But um, other than that, I mean, like I said, we know what he could do playing next to uh, his own brother and, you know, most likely coming off the bench for sure. <laughs> I mean, would say I would say is a good plus uh, being that, you know, Having two Murrays coming in and out of the floor sounds like, I would say, is a pretty decent idea. <laughs> it's not a bad idea by any means, um, but th- there is a bit of a logjam because you do just have the same guy essentially. But mm-hmm. like what I see, Chris is, is he's kind, he's basically Keegan without as good of shooting, is kind of how I kind of see him. And you know, of course, like all his tools again, very useful, but it's it. I don't know about completely duplicating Keegan. You, you want someone probably a little bit more athletic and just someone again with a with hopefully a higher ceiling than Chris seemingly has. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean if of course he was uh, 
you know, left in the 24th pick. I mean, safe to, uh, safe to say is Monty might <laughs> pick him up just because, like I said, um, he is a very safe pick. But in terms of risk, I mean, yeah, it's there's a lot more potential for the rest of the people out there, I'd say. And, you know, the, the first two we've gone over, Bilal and Chris, most people have them mocked way before the Kings. Yeah. Like, I've heard Warriors people talk like he's not even going to be a 19. So it's like, I don't know anymore. Like, if he somehow makes it to the Kings, it's a, it's an absolute miracle. <laughs> uh, we shall see. Okay, give me your number four then. My number four is Maxwell Lewis. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, he is he is wingy, I think. I I, I want to say he was a shooting guard for some reason. Or he plays kind of like a shooting guard, but he's six seven. Mm, I see. So he's, you know, a wing like player. I mean, he has really good three point shooting, really good self creation uh for himself, of course. Some playmaking upside. The only thing I don't like about him is you know, the defense and how he handles the ball. Other than that, I mean, he is a very, I wouldn't want to say, I mean, he is a safe player to choose. It's just that I don't want him doing too much, but as a role player, for sure, I think he's one of the better ones in terms of fitting next to the Kings. So you have him at number four. I also have him on my list, and you're going to make me jump ahead again. He, I have him number one. Oh dear God! <laughs> and it's part, and a lot of it is just his shooting touch, and just seemingly how I I think is going to translate beautifully into the league. And for me, yeah, you you're right. He has defensive questions. He was a horrific defender, and his his team was a horrific t- um defense overall. So like, it does not project well. However, I am more than willing. I I want to bet on offense translating more than defense i think i think in the nba you can learn to play defense it's not easy but you can learn it offense however is something i feel like is so hard to teach if the guy does not have the touch and maxwell lewis to me he has that touch he has that kind of mentality and he has the ability to be able to actually like really really score and that's kind of what I kind of what I want to bet on. And then you have the physical tools. He's a six-seven shooting guard wing, whatever you want to say. Six, six, seven shooting guard with a seven-foot wingspan. And that just projects well and just because the, the Kings do need length. And I feel like he's a high enough IQ player to the point where even though his defense might look bad now, but I I think it can actually, with his basketball IQ, trans help him a lot more in the uh in the NBA where there are just I guess better schemes. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely can see his um basketball IQ translate from offense to defense as well. And you know, with the t- with the coaching that we have now, I'm pretty sure for I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure that he'll learn some things. It's just I guess it's about timing and how uh how I say it. I guess putting in the reps, it's that's kind of tough to, you know, put on a guy that uh, <laughs> just came straight from college to NBA and uh, try to teach him to learn defense. But I think as long as he gets the play time, he'll get, um, 
he'll learn more from it i guess you could say I, I like as i said i just think it's much easier to teach a guy to you know rotate and just you know at least like some at least sometimes be in the right position to play defense and the on-ball stuff like that you can get better at that you can get better at lateral quickness but to teach a guy how to teach a guy like you know spatial awareness on the offensive end and the ability to actually like attack a closeout and have shooting touch that stuff i think is way harder to teach like you know, I I don't want to keep sh- like I know this is the second week in the row I'm shitting on this guy, but like look at Isaiah Okoro, been <laughs> in the league for I think it's going to be coming into his fourth year. He shoots actually a pretty decent percentage, but it's still like a shot that is still a bit broken, and it's just he doesn't have shooting touch, and it's just something that is just going to be that I feel is a lot harder to develop, as opposed to kind of in a way the opposite side of the spectrum, like. You know, I think it's easier to teach Maxwell to be a passable off passable defensive player than it is to teach um, Isaac O'Connor to be a passable offensive player. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah, I kind of, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, so that's why he's my number one and you have him ranked number four. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely a swing factor in some ways that, like, who knows he could be taken before 24 for all we know he could be taken at 24 or even later than 24 and the re- the main reason why i'm picking him number one like he seems to be the perfect mix for me anyway between safe and like you know with a uh, high reward as well because again the shooting touch that's gonna get better and then you you teach him to be a passable defender and he's going to keep getting better on offense and i think that is just a much more useful player than a guy that you know, just mostly focuses on defense and you hope that the offense comes around. Hmm, I see. So that's that's my justification. I'll, I'll talk about number my number four. I have Leonard Miller. And l- the reason why Leonard Miller, he's a six seven, I think he's six nine with a seven two wingspan. And he he can play some really good defense. He's gonna be versatile. He's got good feel for cuts and he's gonna be able to fit into an offense. And the, the re- only reason why I have him ranked number four is because he, like, as I said, Maxwell Lewis has shooting touch. Leonard Miller may have shooting touch, but he's he's a ways away from being a respectable shooter. So I really buy into the defense, but I, it's going to take a little bit of work. But also, like, if, you, if you've if you listened to people from, like, from the G League talk about him, he was incredible at absorbing information. So that's why I feel like I buy him just become, like, becoming a much better offensive player and just being able to adapt. But, like, the defensive stuff, like, he's not fully there yet, but you see the potential and the flashes, and that is something you can 100%, I think, bet on, that he's going to be a really good defender at some point. Like, really good. Hmm, I see. Uh, who was your okay? Uh, do do you have anything else to add? If not, you can move to your number two because you already did number three. Jeez, yeah, I'm already mixing these guys up. Um, let's see, my number two is Kobe Buffkin. <laughs> now, as I look at all these mock drafts, I, yeah, I, I doubt he's going to be picked at 24, but who knows, <laughs> you know? But I chose Kobe yeah, Kobe Buffkin at number two because I mean he has a lot of good like offensive baggage i guess you could say he can finish he is a good uh playmaker in a lot of ways i mean he plays in that pick and roll real well which you know of course we 
uh, play in a lot <laughs> in the Kings. Uh, pretty good at defense. Uh, you know, keeping a close guard at you know small guards usually. And I should have had this up, but I I forgot his size right now. I'll let you know. Six four. Six four. And it's making me very angry right now. You don't know why. He's not a wing. He's too small. He's small. He he wasn't no. He's not even on my honorable mentions. He's good. That's the that's the really sad part about this. It's just I can't get over the fact that he's six four. Like he's really I, good. I'm gonna dis uh what you call it disassociate his size for a bit because he okay, has let, a lot. Okay, of, I'll pretend he's six eight. Yeah, <laughs> sounds a lot. Think that sounds a lot better. That does sound a lot better. <laughs> a six eight wing that can play like a guard. <laughs> That's very rare in the NBA nowadays. But uh uh what was I about to say? Um I mean he his weaknesses are very minor in my opinion. Um compared to a lot of the other prospects in this area, I'd say. Um now okay, what you know let's just mention his size. I know he is six four, six five, uh whatever, but I mean it doesn't hurt to add another guard, I feel and after hearing that about potential trades that might be going down for the Kings, I mean, I feel like it's good to take a risk for him to come off the bench and probably you could slot him in the three spot <laughs> usually. And that'd be another, you know, secondary playmaker out there that can also play defense. Look, I just hate to be like the basic bitch in this one. But fuck, he's small. <laughs> it's a really fatal flaw, unfortunately. Unfortunately, that's where it starts and ends with me. Like, it's, like again, he's so good. It, it just, but I can't get over the fact that he's six four. I even have it in my notes. It's like he he's small, but yes, he is very he is really good. And you know, I, I get I get where you're coming from about like drafting a backup in case like the Kings do make a trade. Well, first of all, it wouldn't work because that pick is probably going to where going is going to mm. go to the team that is uh, we're trading with. But also, like uh, this, like look, what we're talking about, Davion. Like in the case that he is traded because he's the he's a young guy with a lot of potential and it has value out there. In that case, you just sign a guy in free agent. Like I, I'm in free agency because I I'm a big advocate for um, the Kings finding a way to get uh, Dennis Schroeder because. That's a guy that, you know, is a pesky defender and can penetrate to the rim. Like, I, I, like you would just rather do this in, like, free agency to, like, find a fit guy as opposed to, like, drafting um someone. Because Kobe Bumpkin is really good at the college level, but it's going to take him a – it's going to take him a little bit to adapt. Like, it might take him a year um to adapt to the NBA. And, like, you know, by the t- – like, maybe the Kings probably can't wait for that. Like, they want to win now, right? So maybe the, So maybe he just doesn't get the – playing time he needs or he, you know he doesn't fit the timeline you know in a great way but you know i just I, again like i get i get where you're coming from with the with you need a backup point guard if you're going to trade davion but you rather just do you rather just find his replacement a free agency like i don't know if delon wright is available but you, like you know you can find guys like that in mm. in the league and they'll be much more ready to contribute right away mm. i see what you mean I felt like for um what you call Colby, it's more of a here for a long time, but you know, 
it's hard to say what his future holds, I guess, uh, knowing how much, uh, you know, the NBA changes. So, yeah, I could see what you mean about um, what you call it. It's best to, uh, you know, find someone who's already more seasoned than, uh, you know, choosing someone from the draft and hope that uh, he, you know, produces right away. Yeah, again, I, I I like Kobe. I actually really like his game. But I had ironically, I had the same thing about Davion. Like the year we, the year we were doing his draft, and we didn't do him specifically. But like I was saying, like I love Davion, but he's small, mm-hmm. and there was no there was no room for him on the team with you know that many guards and that many and two point guards, and we ended up drafting him anyway. So it, it, like I'm not gonna be mad if they draft him. I'm gonna be confused if they if they do draft Kobe Bufkin maybe not confused because Kobe again is very good but again like I just think we need wings you know yeah. wings on top of wings on top of wings yeah, maybe he's the best available who knows because yeah there's there's just so many players there are so many all right okay well um well the only guy I have left since we, we kind of just went through all of them I, at number two I have Oliver Maxson's pro- Olivier Olivier Maxson's prosper. Look, I love this guy on defense. He is incredible on defense. He legit can probably guard one through four in the NBA. Like he went, he guarded like, you know, sharpshooters who ran around screens like Jordan Hawkins. He guarded like power wings like uh, Cam Whitmore and, you know, tricky shifty guards like Kobe Jones. He legitimately guarded like one through five. And, you know, he has a great motor. He's a great athlete with some with really good size and really good length, 6'7", with a 7, I think, like a 7'1", or a 7'2", wingspan. And then also, like, on offense, like, he is a guy that knows how to move without the ball. And he doesn't project to probably create on ball very well, but who knows? Like, maybe he can add that to his game, but he already has, like, that, you know, off-ball feel, like, just knowing how to just play off of others. And then, like, his shooting isn't great, but it definitely is coming along. And I believe he can definitely become a passable shooter at some point. So that's why I want to bet on this guy. Like, it was actually, I flipped between him and uh, Maxwell a lot. But ultimately, I just went with Maxwell's, uh, like, surefire offense. But, uh, all, uh, but you know, Omax's, uh, Omax's defense is so good that I, he, he really fits what the Kings need and, you know, the fit word, but, like, you need defensive wings to do stuff and to, to be a championship team. And mm. I think Omax fits that uh, fits that profile very well. Man, I should have had this guy in my top five now that I think about it. I, oh, I'm wondering who your last guy is then. Uh, you, don't, you might call him too small. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Go but ahead. Just, just wait. But, uh, yeah, I man, I, I did like a, a with. With the, yeah, I'm just, uh, uh, just, call him, just call him Oliver Maximus Prime is what I like to call him. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to call him Prosper. But uh, yeah, I do like him. I mean, he is a sizable wing. <laughs> I, at first, I thought he was more of a, a big man, but no, he, he's pretty wingy for sure. I mean, from what I could see from his clips uh, when we were reviewing him, I mean, he, I think I called him like a super super sized like met to in a way <laughs> that can shoot better <laughs> yeah like he the defensive versatility is just off the charts and i he could he could be like an all nba defensive guy like is how good i think he can be again 
like the variety of people he was able to guard and really like give them trouble that's it, it's the versatility like is there and mm-hmm. you know you need versatile defenders to you know to, on your team to be able to defend the highest level wings yeah i i've now that i think about it i've all of them he's definitely one of the top uh whatchamacallit prospects i would like to draft if he was at 24 then again i sadly for didn't put him in my top five uh, but he should definitely be in my top two i'd say okay well who is who is your last guy i'm very curious now well his name is also colby spelled differently colby jones okay go ahead <laughs> is he too small for you yeah but like I, i'm willing i'm willing to listen <laughs> again i mean he's another playmaker that i i chose another playmaker <laughs> Owen. i chose one that can come off the bench and be that secondary playmaker again he also ha- can play defense and you know his uh shooting uh catch and shooting is you know on the upside it's it's getting there you know um i mean his last year was you know better than the previous two years i mean he's also on the older side so you know maybe he's a more mature um other than that you know in terms of his uh self-creation for himself and uh being able to get to rim might not be feasible but other than that i think he could be a very well all-around uh six man for the kings yeah i i get i get where you're coming from and uh, like just like kobe buffkin very very good player like very shifty very creative just just a good nba player who who definitely fits into a role and a guy that probably won't end up doing too much and all around good player but like i want to like take a higher risk for a guy that can you know like i guess i want to take a higher risk against the for a guy that you know is a little taller (laughs) is kind of just where i'm at Mm -hmm. like you know, Kobe is probably like one of the more skilled players in the draft or like around that range anyway. But I just feel like taking a risk on a guy like Max Omax or like Maxwell, like there's six, seven guys. They they might not be able to handle or distribute in the same and as effectively as Kobe Jones, for example. But I feel what they can end up being will have a greater effect on the on the Kings than Kobe if he if he does kind of become kind of what you say he is like a really really good serviceable six man I'd rather just personally I just rather I want to I want the Kings to take a risk and, and instead of like playing it too safe and I feel Kobe would be a little too safe for my liking mm, I see so more like you're looking for a role player that I'm looking for size. Size. Just size. <laughs> just straight up size. Look, if you're not over six six, I'm not looking at you. That, that's unfortunately <laughs> just where I'm at. Like I use, like I, I, the Kings need size. And that's very true. Uh, we'll see if you know Monty doesn't put a swerve again and uh, draft a smaller, smaller guy. I guess. <laughs> there, I heard it. I forgot his name. It, like uh there I, I listened to a slam and jam episode from the athletic and sam vicini was on and he talked about this one guy that uh, in the draft he's probably going to be go undrafted and apparently he's like the best pull-up shooter in the draft class 
but then Sam Vazzini is like, oh, he's like ranked like 60 something on my big board. And the huh. reason why he's 5'8. Oh, oh no. So it's just one of those things where, you know, size does just matter. And, you know, like I, that's where I'm at. Like the Kings, I just feel like, it, in the, especially in this league, like we just saw how important wings are, like in, in the finals, like the size, the size difference between the Heat and the, and uh denver like denver just absolutely overwhelmed them with just like skilled guys who are also really big like michael porter jr is arguably your three or your four and he's 610 and aaron gordon's a good six eight six nine six ten like you just have so much size across the board and that that kind of stuff like that's kind of what you need to win championships and that's why i'm just i'm just like keying in on guys that are you know big and like you know, very versatile players. And th- that's kind of why I'm looking mostly at guys like, you know, Lewis, uh, Prosper, like Kulabale, Miller, Murray. These guys are big dudes who are also skilled mm. or have the potential to be really skilled. I see. I see. Well, well I... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. Well, I mean, the draft is on Thursday, which I don't know what time to. I hope it's not during... Uh, it, it should time. be it should be relatively early i want to say like at five mm. oh i might actually miss uh the pick to be honest but we'll see well but... if you are available uh we will be re- we'll try to record our reactions uh we did record our reactions last year and uh <laughs> it's actually not pretty at all <laughs> I, I wasn't <laughs> i wasn't pissed with i was just disappointed in the keegan pick and guess what he turned out to be really really good so what the hell do i know but uh, we'll, we'll try to record our reactions if we can, if he, if you are available. Yeah, I remember I recorded like a personal reaction for um the year prior, I think. So for... that was the Davion one. Yeah, because you know it was it was a sword ball. We never expected uh Monty to pick another guard, a <laughs> small he, guard at that. A point. Very, yeah, a small guard, and you know. After the year, after that year, I mean, he grew on us for sure. And, you know, he. No, not after the year. It was like literally after the classic. I was like, oh, nope, this is the guy. Hmm. We talked ourselves into it. That's right. I I forgot he played in Vegas. And, you know, he did win um, the Summer League championship. I I guess that's what it's called. I don't remember. Yeah, Summer Summer League MVP, Summer League championship. He won everything. And, he was, we had a really like it, it looked really promising the three guard lineup, but unfortunately, it just wasn't. Um, they they need they couldn't rebound, and yeah, so it, it was, yeah. but yeah, we'll talk ourselves into whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. like if we, we, I can talk about like not prefer not preferring Kobe Bufkin. Look, if the Kings draft him, I'm okay with it, I'll talk myself into it. They play summer league, he's all of a sudden torching everybody for all we know. Oh, yeah, I mean, in Monty, we trust. And Monty, we trust. Uh, some honorable mentions. Uh, I have Noah Clownley, just Clowney. Uh, he's just a guy that's just really like he's a very he. You want to talk about like risk? He's a good risk because he's one of those guys who's like you know he's got good size, he's got good length, and he's a bit more defensive minded. He has a lot of potential to become a really like great fit next to uh next to Sabonis as kind of a long wingy defender that can protect the rim. Hmm. And then uh, I also have a uh, Jaime Jaquez. Like I loved his game. 
like this dude is a baller and like the fit is not really there at all but like i just love i just love watching him so much he was really fun uh ryan rupert like just a defensive menace he's probably like really young and it's going to take a few years but like i love the defense and the length uh city sissoko is really interesting um just a physical just a physical wing um bryce sensabaugh can go get buckets and imani bates Look, I've lamented him a lot, but like I'm kind of coming around to him. This dude can shoot. And, you know, I prefer the Kings to draft him at 38 or 37, wherever the pick they have. He this is a guy that can that can be very useful, especially if you can find a way to just kind of like teach him how to play the right way. He's got shooting ability, and I'm gonna talk myself into him. Yeah. I I mean for Imani, I'm pretty sure he has the right mindset to know where or when and <laughs> when to shoot it it's just the rest of his uh skill set it's kind of worrying that's all again like i just feel that like it you can teach a guy to play defense easier than you can teach him to play offense and imani can imani can shoot like his shooting touch is real and like the finishing stuff is really concerning but like I think that should get at least a little better. And then, like, if anything, he can always shoot, if that makes any sense. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the way he plays, I mean, he's he's shooting either way. <laughs> no no joke. So, yeah, you have any honorable mentions you want to quickly go over? Well, you kind of mentioned Jaime uh, already. I mean, I do like his game. He, he is, I want to say, kind of a one-of-a-kind type um I guess player uh, that has a skill where I feel like can be useful. I mean, it's it's his spin around fadeaway. It's 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 beautiful in my eyes, but it's just I don't know how much it'll be helpful for the Kings other than you know his other um, uh, what you call game picks and whatnot. But uh, and the other guy was Ryan Rupert. I mean, Yari said it yourself it'll probably take some time for him to develop uh i would say the same as well so yeah i mean in a few years most of these guys who knows maybe we'll become a borderline all-stars for all we know and uh we just missed that diamond in the rough all right well let's move on uh to the news of the day or the big beal of the day <laughs> um <laughs> so bradley beal has been traded to the suns and i have the package here so the package is not finalized yet uh apparently wizards are looking for a third team to reroute chris paul to to hopefully get more assets so here's what it looks like so far so uh the suns receive bradley beal jordan goodwin isaiah todd while the wizards receive in return chris paul landry shaman it doesn't say it just says multiple second round picks or and multiple pick swaps those have not been clarified yet so we will update them i guess when it comes out but that is the gist of the trade give me your uh, initial reaction to the trade yeah i actually didn't expect Beal to be moved not gonna lie i thought he was gonna be a wizard Forever and ever. Oh, until... no, I no, I thought he was getting moved. I just didn't think it'd be this fast. Uh, 
I I really thought nothing would be available uh, for him until you know, I guess if you you know, uh, what you call if he you know uh, waves his was it no tri- no trike loss yeah. no trike loss yep. If it weren't for that, then I would have said, yeah, he's he's gonna be a wizard forever. But yeah, it's kind of unusual, I'd say. I mean, for sure, wherever Chris Paul does go to, if there is a dirt team involved, he's gonna get waived. And I feel like Phoenix Suns is just gonna pick him up on a vet minimum. Uh, I think he can't specifically. Ooh, really? I think it's a very specific role. He cannot resign with the Suns. I, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. But uh, yeah, so so my first reaction is like, that's it. That's what they're going to get for Bradley Beal. Basically, he was basically a salary dump. <laughs> this really was what it was. And a, a lot of that is because of the no trade clause. Because I imagine the Heat had a better package. Because apparently they were going to include, I think, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, which is a salary dump as well. But they would have incl- been able to trade their picks. The Suns don't have any picks is why they're just doing pick swaps. And the mo- and the second round picks, who knows? May- maybe it's a lot of second round picks. But yeah, I was just looking at like, that's all they that's all they got for Bradley Beal. Like this is up there with like, um, well, it's not as bad because they got pick swaps. But like this is Andre Drummond levels of trade, like fail, I guess. Like back when he was traded for basically two second round picks to Cleveland. Yeah, I I see what you mean by uh, the type of trade for Bradley Beal. And, mm, you know, we'll have to see how many, I guess, uh, pick swaps and uh, second rounders there are. But other than that, let's, let's talk about the big three now. Will does even work out? Because you have the big three, and then who else? <laughs> Okay, well, like, uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. Will this, do you think this works? Like, the big, just, like, do you think the three of them actually work together? That's, it will work, but they're definitely not going to have the supporting cast to uh, make this work. I mean, sure, you still have Aiden and, I don't even know who the fifth guy is. <laughs> so here, so here's well, they have campaign. So I think that's literally the only five guys they have on their contract going forward. Jesus, which is really, which is really funny. Look, I, I was gonna make a joke about the worst part of this trade. They kept DeAndre Aiden, but like <laughs> it's so the rumor is they're gonna they're gonna trade him in the coming weeks uh, for probably just more depth overall. But basically, the rest of their team is gonna be on minimums. Like that's just how it's gonna work. Apparently, just with those th- those four players, they are one. They're basically hitting the luxury tax limit, which basically means like they were like way above the cap and nearly at the luxury tax limit. They have no maneuverability whatsoever, and it's gonna be really rough for them in terms of depth. They're gonna have to rely on minimum guys basically, and see just what they can get from a DeAndre Ayton trade. Like maybe they get two players back, maybe they get three players back. I will say I think the worst option is keeping him. I, I, I'm 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 not a fan at all of DeAndre. Ayton. I'm hmm. just not. So it's gonna it's it's, a, it's gonna be a tough one. But I'm with you in that I think this could work. The three of them anyway. Like all of them can you know all of them can or all of them all of them are decent passers. None of them are elite by any means, but like they're willing passers. They're good playmakers. They can all shoot and they can all create. 
I just think the, those three skills in conjunction, like what you know, spread between these these three players are it's gonna be able to work. The issue does come on defense. I don't know how good um, Bradley Beal is. Devin Booker's good. KD's good. But, like, KD's getting up there in age. Do you want him to be, like, the anchor of your defense? And then it's it's just really going to – you're just going to see what they can do to fill out the rest of the roster because, like, you are literally going to be, you know, fighting for scraps. (sighs) Yeah, that's – it's – yeah, it's going to be definitely tough. And – We'll have to see if everyone can, you know, keep healthy as well. <laughs> and I mean, if all three of them, you know, come out healthy towards the playoffs and continue to stay healthy throughout the playoffs, I mean, this is a very, I guess, uh, yeah, it's a formidable team to an extent. It's just how it plays out and, you know, who they face against is going to be, uh, I guess the deciding factor on whether or not they're going to make it all the way. I feel. Okay, let's play the let's play this game real quick. Who do you think's played more games uh, over the past four seasons? Between the between three? between Bradley Beal and Chris Paul. Who's played more seasons? More games. The, we more well, we games. know who we know who's we know who played more seasons. Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh, don't tell me it's Bradley Beal. Chris Paul has played consistently for the past four years more games than Bradley Beal. Uh, Every single season. Um, 20, 20, 2019, 2020, 70 games for Chris Paul. Um, and then for Bradley Beal, 57, 70 games for Chris Paul, 20, uh, 2020, 2021, 70 games. Bradley Beal, 60 games. Jeez, and, I... and then and then uh 20 Chris Paul 65 games, Bradley Beal 40 games. Man, I really thought Chris Paul rested a lot more than that. I'm I'm wrong then. And and this last season, 2022-2023, Chris Paul played 59 games. Bradley Beal only played 50. Geez, still more. Yeah, so Utah, like the the injuries part was was the big thing for me. It's like you just traded basically your so you they traded their Ironman and Mikael Bridges last year, who had to hold down the fort for a period because Devin Booker was injured. And now you've re, you've replaced him with KD, who plays eight, around fifty games every year, and then you just added Bradley Beal, who, as I just mentioned, plays less games consistently the last four years than a thirty seven year old Chris Paul. Health is going to be a big issue. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. So, so well, like, let's let's just say, let's ask this question: All healthy, are they are they better than the Nuggets? Ooh. Everybody's healthy, like on both teams. Are they better than the Nuggets? I would say no. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> they're they're not. And it's just. I don't know about this trade. I really don't. But the, I guess the saving grace of this is like, you, oh, like, oh, they have no flexibility. They like they're going to be locked into this roster no matter what. Well, had they kept Chris Paul, it wouldn't have the same thing, basically. If you think about it, mm-hmm. like Landry Shamit, like, you know, no offense to him, isn't really a game changer. 
And like Chris Paul, you were you're you were going to be locked into Chris Paul for at least uh, I think the next two years if you didn't trade him or waive him this season. So ultimately, they ended up giving nothing, but they've locked themselves into this roster going forward. And and you know you, you talked about the no trade clause that apparently travels in that if basically if Bradley Beal demands a trade, he can veto any trade. Ew. So you're stuck with Bradley Beal, essentially. Mm, hey. Well, we'll see how the Suns do after all this is done, because how much longer can they, uh, you know, work with this team for, you know, X amount of years until maybe Katie gets to leave? Well, he's locked in for I think the next three years or the next four years, and Booker signed just signed like one like a big super max type thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're locked into this. Like, there's no way of getting out of it. And the the worry is is that if they flame out again this this off season or th- this upcoming season, oh, it's gonna look real dicey. And Devin Booker might start looking elsewhere. Hmm. Although I don't think he's gonna get traded until like the end of his extensions, but. It's just one of those things where, like, you you make the big move, but now what? Yeah, geez. Well, it'll be an interesting four years, maybe, for the Suns, and it's going to be a very consistent four years and a very, I guess, aging um, four years for the three guys. Hey, hey, Devin Booker said the super team was going to come to me, and it sure hell sure as hell has whether it works or not is a whole nother thing yeah and uh it's gonna be really funny if the kings end up being better than them it's gonna be so funny oh man well we'll see i mean and, I... And, and by the way if you were if you're a kings fan and you were disappointed the kings did not go after bradley beal oh. the wizards asked for keegan murray yeah no. I hope Monty told, uh, I think it's Michael Winger, I think is his name. I, ho- I hope he told him to go eat a dick and then hung up. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, there's no way we're going to include uh, Keegan. And <laughs> imagine, I mean, imagine the guy was like, Keegan, Keegan Murray, what? Who? He's like, Keegan, Keegan Murray. Okay. Okay. I'm done. Yeah. There's not much uh, you can give the wizards uh to be honest for bradley beal if it were uh to match up for his kind of contract it's yeah no it's yeah just as long as it's not the big three uh the big three untouchables we're we're not doing anything Okay, uh, moving on to the next piece of news. Uh, Warriors and Clippers <clears throat> apparently are two teams that are interested in getting Chris Paul. The Clippers make sense. Like, you know, they need a point guard. You know, he he was, he spent six seasons with uh, the Clippers. You know, it's a, it's a really good homecoming. It'd be a really good story to, you know, his homecoming, essentially. Um, that that makes sense. The Warriors? Hmm? Hmm. I don't I wonder, know about that one. I wonder why. Why? What? Like move Steph to the shooting guard, then uh, you can you can do that. That's yeah. not the issue. Like I, I've always thought Steph was a shooting guard, anyways. Like yeah, he doesn't really play like a point guard. Yeah, but it's like now of all reasons, and I'm I feel like 
the reason will uh, what you recall will come up with what we're going to be talking about next <laughs> like i just i don't really get it because like chris paul does not move off the ball a lot it's actually one of his biggest like weaknesses he does not move off the ball and in the Warriors offense, you're going to need to move unless he, for some reason, plays like a weird Draymond role where he just goes around the screens for stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't see the fit, but I mean, he's a great player. I'm pretty sure he can find a way to fit in, and I just can't really envision it. No, I can't see it either, but definitely the Clippers, I'd say it's a better move. Um, I would also think may- maybe Boston, but that timeline might not really fit. I would love for him to be, be in Boston. Because, like, that mm. makes the most sense. I Although I assume he does not want to move to Boston. Because, like, it's all the way in the East Coast. He wants to be in L.A. He His family lives in L.A. I see. And now you travel 3,000 miles across, <laughs> across the country. I don't know. But, like, if you think about it, like, the, the Clippers are, like, they used to be, like, the rich man's version of Tatum and Brown. Like, Kawhi and PG. I think, the, I think Brown and Tatum have surpassed them now, mainly because of health. But, like, they're kind of the same thing. Like, they need a point guard just to organize the offense and, like, to get guys in their spots mm-hmm. instead of, like, having their two um, best offensive weapons be initiators. So that makes sense. Um, uh, the Clippers make make all the sense in the world. Although they do have, they do have Russell Westbrook. I don't know if that's going to be an issue. But you know what? At this point, you don't worry about what Russ wants. Yeah, pretty much. I he, mean, he... he can go figure that shit out. Yeah, he could be six man. You tell him to be six man. <laughs> All right. So uh, the other piece of news uh, regarding the Warriors that I just want to talk about. Uh, so Draymond did decline his player option. It was $27 million for this year, and he declined it. So he will be a free agent once uh, July 1st comes. Okay. <laughs> Who's going to pick him up for? So that's my question. I've heard a lot of people say, even Warriors people say, like, he knows he's going to get money out there. Where? From, from who? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. 27 like, million? Well, like, the, the what I've also heard is that it's going to be over multiple years. So it's not, but it might not be like 27 million per year, but it'll be like, you know, it'll be spread over like multiple years and it'll probably be more than 27 million. So that's yeah. what I'm thinking. But it's just, He's such a weird fit. The the thing with him and LeBron, look, I'm going to tell you this right now. That's going to be a worse fit than Westbrook. I, I'm going to tell you that right now. It's going to be a worse fit than, than Westbrook, and it's not going to work. So I don't know why people keep saying, like, I get a clutch. He's been really nice to LeBron in the media. That is a horrific basketball decision. And I, I I don't know. I don't know. Like, I assume this is him declining his option so that he can re-sign on a longer-term deal with the Warriors. So that's what I assume this is. But who knows? Uh, there were people that were asking, like, you know, people I respect. And they, they're just putting the idea out there. Draymond to the Kings? Uh, no. I'm not willing to spend that much on him. I'm in the same ballpark as you. And that's before getting into Stomgate. <laughs> like, like, I'm pretty sure people will deal with it. It, it, it is, it's just whatever ultimately, but it's just like, he's a whore. He's not, he's not a good fit next to Sabonis who like both of them can't shoot, can't really shoot. And he's going to clog. Now the defense and stuff that you kind of, you need a defender like Draymond, but you also need a guy who can shoot. 
and make layups next to Sabonis. That yeah, is not that is not Draymond. That's impossible. <laughs> that's like a, a dream come true if that were to ever happen. Or, or you know, the living fucking nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> definitely no. And especially for that price. And if he's asking for more, yeah, that's that's not happening. And uh, well, I mean, the the Warriors, how much more can he ask from the Warriors after declining this? Well, like you can spread like maybe like 40 million over three years, 50 million over three years. I, I, I can I understand that. It's just mm-hmm. but like who, what other team is going to sign him? I don't get it. Like I'm a big Draymond guy too. Like he's a very good player. It's just he's a very specific fit next to Steph Curry. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if the Lakers pull the plug and try get him for I don't know X so, amount of money for over the three so years. Fucking stupid. And it's going to be a LeBron move, and that is another like shit stain on the LeBron on the GM like resume. Don't do it, LeBron. You you are smarter than this, but it'd be pretty funny. <laughs> it would be absolutely hilarious. But for the love of God, that that this is why this is why Jerry Krause did not go with what Michael Jordan wanted, because players are fucking awful GMs. <laughs> That's just how it is. Um. Okay. Uh. Moving on to the next piece of news. So, uh, Mavs and Pacers are interested in Harrison. Um, you know, the Kings are, you know, openly thirsting over OG and Anobi right now. So Harrison, Harrison's future with the Kings is very up in the air. And, you know, maybe he feels some type of way about that. And there's a very, there's a very real possibility he could leave. But, you know, do, do the Mavs and Pacers, do, do you think they're, do you think like he, do you think he would go to those teams, I guess? Um. It's those are those two teams are pretty interesting to ask for Barnes to be honest. One, Pacers want a wing. There, there's even rumors saying that they're willing to trade the seventh pick for a wing. Really? Hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if Harrison's worth the seventh pick. Not gonna lie. <laughs> he was drafted with the seventh pick. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Things come full circle. I mean, I'd be pretty fine with the seventh pick, but. <laughs> that's uh yeah i would honestly i would just rather keep it. well they want to win I, I think is why and like barnes like harrison is really good and like yeah the pacers don't have wings if you look at the roster it's really just like point guards and and centers basically and power forwards yeah they, they mean, just need a, they need a wing and like harrison's a very good option if pacers could give up a pretty good role player i mean i'd be pretty for it um well the thing is there's no reason for them to well i I don't know if they have cap space i don't know what their cap space cap space situation is but there's no reason if they have the cap space they don't need to do a sign and trade with us they just they can just sign harrison hmm. the mavs are a bit more complicated but the pacers i don't know their cap situation yeah, the Mavs part is pretty confusing. I mean, he did come from the Mavs. They traded him mid-game. Mid-game for pretty much, no offense to Zach Randolph and uh, J- Justin, uh, Jackson. Justin, Justin Jackson. I, for some reason, was about to say Josh, but for pretty much, yeah. Justin is actually the better Jackson. That's the crazy <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's funny. But, yeah, I mean, no offense to those two. I mean, it. Yeah, the Kings Barnes. didn't give up anything. Basically. Yeah, basically, like I'm glad that it happened, but 
gosh, going back to the Mavs with with whatever they could offer to Barnes is, I mean, that's coming full circle again as well. I mean, the 10th pick, they're dangling that thing out like, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I, I really thought the Mavs might just use the 10th pick before, I don't know who. Well, the thing is they want to win now. And a rookie just is not going to help you as much. Look, if they're willing to give us like 10th pick and Taylor Hendricks is still available, I'm taking that shit. So, mm. Sorry, Harrison, but like I'm taking that. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, draft night is going to be crazy. Harrison's uh, going to be on the board for either of those two teams. Yeah, well, let's we'll see. I do want to keep bring back Harrison and just move him to a bench role. Like if he's willing to accept it, because like he's he's a great veteran. He he's survived some awful years. He's wasted a good chunk of his career with Sacramento. And we finally made the playoffs. So like hopefully maybe he wants to continue the story, but who knows? I don't know his priorities, but I really do hope we can do right by Harrison. Oh yeah. It's his choice. <laughs> so we shall see. Speaking of another kind of wing option, uh, Kuzma has is well, he's expected. No one's actually really done anything. He's expected to de- decline his uh, player option for thirteen million and enter the market as an unrestricted free agent. Now, normally, I would say like stay away from him. He's going to get a bag from the Wizards. However, since Tommy Shepard was fired, uh, we don't know the status of whether the Wizards are gonna pay him a big bag to stay. So. Would you be interested in Kuzma if he is available? Hmm, how much though? <laughs> uh, give or take, let's just say 20 million per year. Per year, uh, for a guy like him, it might have to come down to that. And I'm, I wouldn't mind actually Kuzma playing for our team. Um, let's see, yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. I would say, yeah, I would I would do the 20 a year for I don't know how many X amount of years. Yeah, so like I just thought of it like, you know, 20 million, that's actually not terrible for a guy like Kuzma. Like Kuzma's good. Like, you know, he he's also like the perfect size too. Like he's 6'10. Like, you know, he's a he's a power forward size guy for the most part. He's a bigger, he's a bigger wing and he plays, he plays good defense. He's not as good of a shooter as Harrison. If you want to compare the two, he's kind of like a more defensive-oriented uh, Harrison, basically, who's not as good of a shooter. But, like, I feel that would actually be a pretty good contract or a pretty good value for him if he's willing to come to Sacramento. There's some there's some personal stuff I don't like dealing with. He's he's a bit of an idiot. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie. And, uh, and he's definitely thirsty as hell for attention. But you can't deny he's a good player. He's not great, but he is a good player, and. Yeah, I wouldn't hate it. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't hate it as well. I mean, as a player, I mean, for him as a player, uh, you know, outside of the game, I mean, it's not as bad as most other players, not going to lie. So, yeah, I think he should be just fine just sitting in Sacramento, um, you know, just doing his own thing. Yeah, like, so the 20 million thing, it might even be a little bit more than that, who knows, but I was just thinking, like, imagine, like, so these three options, you have, like, OG, you have Kuzma at the wing, and then, of course, you have Harrison, but, like, the other option is, like, John Collins, and 
John Collins is at 23 this year. I think it jumps to 25, I think, the next year. So, like, that's 20 million for Kuzma's very fair value if he's willing to take that kind of, I guess, discount. Oh, yeah. I mean, 25, I would say, would be the max. 30 is really pushing it. No, he's not getting 30. No. Yeah, that's pushing it for sure. And speaking about John Collins, is he going to get moved? (laughs) Apparently, he was going to be involved in this trade to Phoenix. I, I don't know anymore. Like, what's, what's like, going on? Like, so this is kind of, look, it's, it's you know, looking back with 2020 hindsight, a lot of people's argument for, like, signing boat like, re-signing Bogey is like, oh, he's a good player. You can trade him. He has value. But then you just look at what happened with Bradley Beal. You signed the guy for a big-ass contract, and you didn't get, you get fuck all for return, in return for him. John Collins has been stuck on the Hawks for, like, five years now, it feels like. And they can't trade him because they signed him to a big deal. It's just, yeah, maybe that's not a great strategy. I'm just saying. Just, yeah. si- just sign the guy to a big contract and figure that shit out later, even, even if you don't want him. Yeah, it's just, he's just sitting, um, I don't know. I don't know what the term is, to be honest. But rotting yeah. away? I don't yeah, know. pretty much rotting away in the Atlanta. I mean, he's doing well. Well, he, he had a bad, he had a bad season though. He had a mangled finger. I don't know if you saw the picture of him. He had like a, he had a fucked up finger. Mm. But yeah, I think he could take his talents elsewhere, but you know, it's also, also, sorry to cut you off. I very, I I don't have that much sympathy for him. He could have been traded to the Kings last year. (laughs) It was supposed to be Harrison and a pick for him. Yeah, that's that's actually quite a lot for him at this point, to be honest. Have you have you seen the video of the of the Knicks guy where he goes, KD, hey yo, KD, don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? You heard that guy before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, I mean, it? I mean, you got to say, John Collins, don't you regret not coming to the Kings? <laughs> don't you regret not coming to the Kings? Uh... But, I mean, it's still there. Like if they're willing to just. If they're willing to just unprotect the pick, the 2024 pick, if they're willing to just uh, unprotect the 2024 pick and just give us John Collins, I'm down for that, honestly. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, that's really up to Atlanta because, dear God, like, if Atlanta's going to be holding him out for this long, like, what plans do you even have for him in the future? I don't know. It's, I mean, it must be miserable for him. Like, granted, very, very tough minded player, like having to deal with that bullshit constantly of you being in trade rumors. And, you know, it's definitely affected him, but like, that's a lot of bullshit to, have to deal with. And uh, it's just, you know, I, I do, I do wish he just gets moved for his sake. Cause my God, you're like, yeah, as you said, he's kind of rotting away <laughs> in Atlanta right now. And he could be better utilized and, you know, on a team like the Kings, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy to say. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I mean, Atlanta, it's Trey Young's time, man. Oh, it might not be Trey Young's time much longer. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Look, the lesson learned is don't give him like they didn't give him no trade clause, so they can they can trade him to wherever. So hopefully they get something in return for him. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I want to see what team would want to take him on. 
The Knicks. <laughs> Can you imagine if the no, Knicks? No, because they have Jalen Brunson. They, they can't put another small guard next to him. That was the thing about like I think well they they wanted to do it but like one of the reasons like I thought the Donovan Mitchell thing wouldn't work in New York is like you signed Jalen Brunson like that, that you got two small guards like and like you know Cleveland they have the best defensive lineup to shore up those guys and that shit didn't work well, yeah. because because of offense but you, you know it's just I, I no I don't I don't see the Knicks happening mm. like Jalen Brunson is the king is the king of New York right now. You, you can't trade him. Yeah. No, it'd just be pretty funny if uh, somehow Trey Young ends up in the Knicks after <laughs> his playoff sense with them. I don't know if this will work, but like maybe Trey Young to Boston somehow, just because like they're right next to each other and he can play, he can play in New York even more. So, I mean, is Jalen Brown in the trade block? He, they are apparently not going to trade him. They're going to sign him to the two hundred ninety million dollar max. Oh, right now he's not going to. I thought he has a, another season for even a bigger max. Uh, no, he he can be extended this off season. Oh, oh, it's it's this off season. Jeez. This off season, yeah. It's already that time. Jeez, it is that time, and honestly, just max him because, like, you know any team would be thirsty for a wing. Like one of the reasons why Bradley Beal is not very sexy was besides the no trade clause. He, he, well, as I, as I said, before, he's small, he's really six, four, six, five. He's a decent size, but doesn't play defense and is not a wing is, you know, like a, 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 a really good wing is the most valuable commodity in the NBA. Oh yeah, that's for sure. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like, I'm actually, I'm, I'm I want to talk. I'm talking myself into John Collins more and more. The money is tricky, but like, you know, if if you strike out on OG, OG is the number one option. But like, with the reports of like, apparently Messiah is just being a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like, maybe that's not really a route. Like, I think Kuzma turning your uh, attention to Kuzma or John Collins would be the way to go. Hmm. I would say, yeah, Kuzma. Then John Collins would be your uh, alternative options, but OG. I mean, if somehow we could get it done with Masai, I I say go all for it as long as the deal is you know reasonable for him because I'm not. I I think two draft like Davion Rashawn and two draft picks. I hopefully, or if you can somehow keep Davion in that deal, I don't think it's possible. You need salary filler. It's yeah, maybe. But- Maybe Rashawn, a random guy, and three picks to keep Davion out of it. That probably have to be done that way. But, but I think you still need the salary match. So I think you do need another guy. But uh, I, well, that, I'm pretty sure you can figure that stuff out. But like, <laughs> there, there's a funny conspiracy. Like he didn't even mean it as a conspiracy theory. But like uh, James Am was talking about. You know, Rich Paul, who represents, you know, famously LeBron, represents mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox, and also represents OG Ananobi. No. He, James Ham kind of floated a um, conspiracy theory. Is Rich Paul trying to, Rich Paul maybe trying to create a little, you know, clutch legacy, a little clutch crew in Sacramento, which I thought was really funny. I, I don't think it's happening, but, you know, I thought that was a funny thing. Yeah, I mean, without LeBron in Sacramento, it's not a clutch crew. 
the, well the thing is like there like someone floated out the genius idea like one of the reasons why uh Kyrie is trying to get um get LeBron, how how LeBron, how Kyrie's going to get LeBron to the Mavericks is that they're going to they're going to promise him behind the scenes that they're going to draft Ronnie yeah we we don't even know what like a spot he's going to be in <laughs> i don't know this and which is why i don't think lebron will come to sacramento because we don't have our 2024 pick mm. so i see like it'll be interesting what spot Bronny will be in because is he gonna be i've heard he's not good so. exactly like is he gonna I don't know. is he gonna get drafted high in spite of you know having... i think he is like i don't think it's gonna be number one by any means, but like it's gonna be in the at least for now, it looks like it's gonna be the mid teens, even though he probably shouldn't be. He's like, I've heard he's like maybe a second rounder, like talent wise, right? Which is crazy because I mean, you're gonna have to take that on along with potentially having LeBron in your team who's already what, which 30? by the way, might not be a good thing. He's gonna be 40, he's gonna be 40 by next year, yeah, well, not by next year, but by the time he gets drafted. Or by, or close to it. I think he's like thirty nine, and then he turns uh, forty in season in twenty twenty four. I see, I see. So yeah, that's yeah, that's that's gonna be ridiculous, really. Like, I I can't imagine any team willing to you know <laughs> quarter use up that kind of pick just for a chance of that, which. It's gonna be very short lived for sure. And then when LeBron weighs, like what's gonna be left of Bronny? He's just gonna be sitting there. He's gonna be your next guy. Yeah, I mean he probably should have stayed maybe two or maybe three more years oh, in oh, college. Fuck, oh fuck that. Like you earn way more money and get into the league. And if he's gonna be drafted high, it's like, you know, you're talking like eight figures. Yeah. But I mean in terms of talent, <laughs> like you think he's gonna develop into something by look you're look you learn from the best like a lot of people are just talking about a lot of it is his height which is yeah but at the same time you know you never know like you can you never know with like how 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 hard a guy works maybe he just fixes all his flaws and is an amazing player who knows oh uh, yeah and it, it it does suck that his no matter what he does, there will probably always be you're not as good as your dad. You know, arguably <laughs> the second greatest player of all time. Yeah. Not gonna lie, I'm more interested in Bryce. That's what a lot of people tell me. Yeah. Like he's even taller. <laughs> yeah, I mean he hit a growth spur I saw. Uh taller than Brawny. Um I mean younger as of right now. So we'll as see of right how... now, you mean forever. <laughs> what do you mean? How, how does how do you get how do you get older? <laughs> but, uh, either way, um, yeah, that that's an interesting subplot to look. It probably won't happen to the Kings. Just just gonna just gonna put that out there right now. No, but if he's in the second round somehow, eh? Yeah, why not? You know? Yeah, why not? Yeah. You, you can play for the Stockton Kings. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably going to be the case. Okay, well, we've rambled on long enough. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, basically our predictions. Uh, I guess, final prediction. Who do you think the Kings are going to draft? 
if, if they I, if they keep the pick. If we could keep the pick, I'm gonna go all out and say either. I'm gonna say Chris Murray. No, I thought I, you were gonna say Kobe Bufkin. I know Chris Murray's not gonna be there at 24. I feel, but. I, it's just a weird reason how the NBA gods will give it to us, regardless of everyone else being out there. I don't. I just don't know why. I feel like Chris Murray for some reason will be drafted to the Kings, which I wouldn't be mad at. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, sure, why not? I'm gonna say Maxwell Lewis, and I think I think it it will be Maxwell Lewis no matter what. And then they trade him to Toronto for OG. Mm. I don't know what the package is going to look like, but I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, there's way too. There's a lot of smoke right now going on with OG, so I, I think it's going to happen. I mean, uh, I do like um, wingy guys. So yeah, there you go. All right. Well, uh, that's all I have on my docket. Um, let's call it a close because it is getting late <laughs> for me. Uh, gotta get, gotta get ready for tomorrow. So we're going to, I'm going to cut this off abruptly. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Sorry, no more ramble on, or maybe if you do like this ramble on, well, you got it. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, we'll catch you guys back on the next one. Yep. We'll see you guys later. Don't you regret not coming to the Kings, John Collins.